Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. Happy Monday to all. We got the last week of OTAs approaching. We got I will be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But for now, I'm just kind of chilling at my house, chatting with you guys. And today's podcast is going to be kind of a hodgepodge, a, a potpourri of things I've found on the net, as we often do, you know, just topics of discussion, see where it takes us, that type of thing. But Pro Football Focus put out their top deep passers today. And they do this all the time where they'll they'll feed you little nuggets about these are the best deep passers or blah, 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 because their quarterback book, I'm sure, is coming out, their almanac, which we'll definitely dig into as well. It's a good resource. So of the of the they ranked the 32 starters, they called it, you know, so uh Mariota's on there, even though he didn't finish the season as a starter, but whatever. It's against all the top quarterbacks and the best deep passers in the league. And this blew me away. Kenny Pickett's number six by their metrics. And again, this isn't their opinion. He was the sixth best deep passer last year. And I have mixed feelings about that in that I don't... I don't love the scheme and all the the go routes and all those things, but his delivering of the deep ball was really good. And I don't think he's got a cannon arm and he's going to drive the ball down the field. But when I saw number six, I thought, wow, that's higher than I would have guessed. But he throws a very catchable ball deep downfield. So he, in terms of just the cumulative numbers, they tell us here, he, he accounted for 477 deep passing yards. That's 21st in the league. Well, he didn't play 17 games. I mean, so cumulative numbers like that are going to be low. He only had four deep passing touchdowns. That was 17th in the league. I'm shocked he's not last. But there also was a lot of quarterbacks that didn't play a lot of snaps last year. His passer rating was 65.1, which is 30th in deep passer rating. His deep completion percentage was 38%, which was 19th. So why does this add up to being number six? Well, he only had 54 deep dropbacks. Again, you know, the, he didn't play every game. But his pro football focus rating was 92.2 on those 54 dropbacks. Now, this raises an eyebrow for me. It's like, well, all the other numbers aren't great. And the cumulative ones I don't care about. But your passer rating was 30th, but your PFF ranking was 92, was you know high. I don't quite understand that. But this is what they said about Pickett as a deep passer. Pickett was solid in his first season. He threw five interceptions, tied for fourth most, but recorded a 4.3 turnover-worthy play rate, which was eighth best. Most encouraging was his 31.3.9 big-time throw rate. And with George Pickens leading the way, that's, to me, what is interesting. Pickens, these two should become a formidable combination in 2023. So, I've said mixed things about Pickens. Hey, I'm a fan, you know, but I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I read you his reception perception, which I think is a really good resource. But according to Pro Football Focus, Pickens, just as a deep threat, was excellent. And that adds up. I mean, I think no matter what his you know, career happens, you know, whatever happens to Pickens, whether he's a stud, which is certainly possible, or he's a Devontae Parker type, you know, 
big X receiver, move the chains, contested ball, not great separator type. His weapon, even if if that's the outcome, his deep threat ability to me is very, very real. And will Calvin Austin be a deep threat? Certainly has a speed, but there's more to it than that. So the, the whole deep ball situation for the Steelers is intriguing to me, but I'm not ready to just dive in the deep end and say, this is a great deep ball team. I mean, uh, again, scheme has a lot to do with it. I th- I felt like defensive backs knew these go routes were coming, you know, so um, again, I just found that interesting. Um, here's another nugget I dug up too, is the Steelers target distribution. And they call it pickets 11 or so games because there was games he was knocked out of or came into, or you guys know how his rookie season went. But in pickets 11 or so games, this was his target distribution. 92 passes to Deontay, by far the most, folks. I mean, it still boggles my mind that some of you, I'm not picking on you, don't realize Deontay is the number one target in this offense. I mean, 92 targets basically in Pickett's time behind center. Next up is Fryermuth. It's 67. And there was that two or three game stretch there where he wasn't quite himself. And I think he missed a game. But Fryermuth, I've often said, I thought was their best offensive player last year. And I I think he's a breakout candidate to be a top five tight end in the league. Pickens, as predictably, was next. But I was a little shocked that Fryermuth out-targeted Pickens. So Johnson's at 92. Fryer Moose is 67. Pickens is at 58. Najee's at 38, which is down from the Ben years, but still a fair amount of targets. I would like to see a more diverse route tree from, from Harris as opposed to just dumped off. I know he's capable, but hey, 38 targets in 11 games for Harris is fine. I mean, that's kind of the going rate. Three a game, give or take. Okay. Three and a half, something like that. Uh, Claypool had 27. Gentry only had 19, Warren only had 18, Stephen Sims had 17, Connor Hayward had 10. So, obviously, Sims and Claypool are out of that equation now. Do we think Gentry is going to get two a game? I mean, it's a little less than that. I mean, I'm just rounding around. You know, I bet that's high end, You know, to be honest with you. Is Hayward going to get one a game? I bet that's low end. I would think he gets two to three targets a game. And this doesn't sound like much, but you can only throw so many passes over the course of a game. <laughs> you know, so it, adding a whole target per game is a lot. Warren only had 18 in 11 games. I bet that goes up quite a bit. Um, so some more stuff here that I want to talk about with Johnson versus Pickens when we come back here. There's some interesting stuff. So again, Johnson was the number one. And to further prove that, Johnson had more targets than Pickens in all but two games last season. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. So there's only two games Pickens out-targeted Deontay. Johnson was one of just five wide receivers who scored more. This is a fantasy number here. That had 30 
fantasy points below expectation. Now, that doesn't sound great for Johnson, but I talked about this last week, that if you put a, a receiver in Johnson's scenario, his targets, his target distribution, where he's getting it on the field, he, the average receiver would have scored 30 more fantasy points. And he was just one of five receivers. Uh, I, actually, I misread that. He's only five, one of five receivers that was minus 30 in that or more. And his was by far the most. So, okay, this is, I didn't say that exactly how I wanted to originally. Chase Claypool. So, obviously, there's a trend, but Claypool was over two teams. Scored 30 less fantasy points below expectation. Garrett Wilson was at 31. Why? He had the worst quarterback play in the league. Marvin Jones was 33 under. Uh, He's just not a very good player anymore, to be honest with you. Drake London is a superstar in the making, but had 35 less fantasy points than expectation because his quarterback couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So those three were all between 30 and 35 less fantasy points than their expectations were. Johnson was 72.6 less fantasy points than expectation, like double the second worst. Folks, a lot of that's just luck. I mean, it really is. I mean, maybe he's never going to be a huge touchdown producer, but their targets are earned. Targets are earned. So you're probably going, well, what about drops? Well, they address that. Eight drops tied for second most in the NFL definitely did not help Johnson either. But it's not like anyone is complaining about Stefan Diggs leading the league in drops either. (laughs) No one's complaining. Boy, Diggs drops a lot of balls. He was the league leader in drops last year. Targets equal drops. You know, like often – Welkers and Edelman's, they're at the top of the league in drops because they're getting targeted a ton and they're also getting targeted near the line of scrimmage where it's amongst linebackers and big people, you know. So some of that is very Johnson related as well. Um, This one's a little interesting too. Johnson's mediocre 2.8 yards after the catch per reception also put him in not great company alongside older veterans like DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans. I'm not going to blame – does Johnson run backwards sometimes after the catch? Yeah, it's starting to be a bad habit. Yes. But, boy, way too many of the route concepts here are not set up to hit him in stride and go forward. They're he's him coming back to the line of scrimmage. And I blame Scheme for that because this is a guy we've seen be a punt returner. He's been good after the catch when he's not always just catching slants and getting hit in the face. So I think he is good with the ball in his hands, but hasn't had a great chance to display that. He's not great. So this just shows to what level of separator Johnson is, though. So Johnson joins Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Diggs, and Devontae Adams as the only five wide receivers who have logged over 450 targets over the past three seasons combined. Tyreek, Jefferson, Diggs, Adams, Deontay. Now, I'll tell you, one doesn't quite look like the others. And some of that, of course, was Ben, you know, peppering him with targets. But targets are earned, and he's one of five to have 450 or more over the past three seasons. Um, Friermuth notes here. 
Fryermuth only found the end zone twice in 2022, and neither of his two touchdowns were thrown by Pickett. Still, Fryermuth had the good fortune of being the number two pass game option in Pittsburgh, which is fairly rare at the tight end position, especially considering that Fryermuth only played more than 75% of the offensive snaps on five occasions last year. Fryermuth had more targets than Pickens in 11 of 15 games that they played together. That might shock people. With top seven marks in pro football focus receiving grades and yards per route run, which is probably my favorite tight end receiver stat, Fryermuth fits the mold of an ascending young talent on a passing offense without too much room to go but up. Couldn't say that better myself. Uh, I mean, again, we talked about targets when Pickett, Pickett was the quarterback, Fryermuth out-targeted Pickens. Johnson out-targeted both of them. Will that be as clear this year? It absolutely could be, and that won't be a bad thick But you would love to see Pickens demand more targets and diversify his route tree, get better versus zone. But again, there's only so many balls to go around, and Johnson's always open, and Fryer moves an ascending star, in my opinion. So this isn't a bad situation, and I know that some of you, like myself, are starting to do some fantasy stuff, and it's to me, it's, a visual, it's officially fantasy season. And Johnson's going super late in drafts because his numbers were terrible for fantasy and let everyone down. He's not going to score zero touchdowns again. You know, he's not going to lead the league in drops. Is he the sure-handed guy in the league? No. Did he have some off or did have some after the catch stuff that was disturbing? Yes. But there's more context here than just that. All right. That is a wrap. Um, I returned in my article this week. It's very it's all about Steeler linebackers and big philosophy there. I bet that's up tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, as opposed to Wednesday, but I will keep you in the loop on that. And I will be down at OTAs tomorrow as well. So over and out. Take care.